Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Quirky Corporate Chicks podcasts, where your host, Sherry Hayes and Dana Foster, corporate life coaches in private practice. We focus on people who follow their passion and how their lives have been impacted. Real stories, real entrepreneurs, and lots of laughter as we look at where life has taken us. Today, we are here with the lovely Noelle Cordeaux, CEO of Journey Life Coaching Company, who also happens to be Dana and I's mentor and the CEO of the company that trained us as life coaches. So we are so excited. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, very excited. Um, <clears throat> I was very fortunate that when I was thinking about joining the program that I was able to speak with Noelle before I came on board. And um, we just clicked instantly. And it was funny. I felt like it was like two little girls sometimes in the play guard when you talk so quickly that you like take a step back and you're like, oh, that was intense. But no, it was great. It was a great conversation. And we're very, very honored to have you on. Um, Noelle has a very interesting story too about how she ended up coming on board with Journey and um, leading up to that. Would you like to share a little bit about how you ended up coming on board as a CEO with Journey? Sure, I can give you the cliff notes. Um, so, you know, my path starts in the way back, probably between 2006 and 2008, when I found myself in my 20s um, really struggling with depression really struggling with eating disorders. I was in um, a very, very unhealthy marriage. And I, I looked at myself and I said, you know, your 20s are supposed to be the years when you're really just like living and enjoying life. And I was doing none of that. And I kept thinking, what is wrong with me? How can I fix this situation? And I had been in therapy. I have seen so many incredible therapists who are really fantastic at helping me kind of unravel a lot of my past, my history, and my inner blocks, but um, no one was actually helping me with the strategy and the tools that one needs to literally, one step after the next, propel your life forward. And I have a pretty good strategic mind, so I started doing it for myself. I started self-teaching um, both quantum physics and applied positive psychology. And the combination was life-changing. From there, I decided I wanted to be a life coach. In 2006, there was really, you know, life coaching was still considered to be this crazy woo-woo thing that was out in California and people with crystals and everyone in my life thought I was nuts. And I was like, no, this is what I'm doing. Um, and so I, I found training. I went, I've been through seven life coach training programs two master's degrees, a PhD, and I've dropped out of law school as well. So, you know, I'm kind of an education junkie. And I started my first life coach training program, and um, it changed me. I always knew that even though I have a clinical background, I didn't want to be a therapist. I wanted to be a PhD level life coach. And I wanted to work on the really hard, really intricate issues with women um, to help them in the areas of body image emotional intimacy, um, sexuality, and economic justice. And so that was like my why. That was my mission. Um, and I did that pretty successfully. I started a small word of mouth practice. Um, I ended up getting divorced, which was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I found myself you know, really confused after years of abuse, trying to figure out you know, who I was and what to do with myself. I got into a triple degree program, two masters and a PhD. I executed that 4.0 across the board. Um, 
And I went through a breakup that kind of disrupted my world. And I was like, maybe I don't have it together as together as I thought I did. And I was reading online and I came across John Kim, who is our co-founder, my co-founder in our company, Journey. And he goes by the moniker of the angry therapist. And I read um, the, the post that he had written about relationships. And I was like, wow, this guy is funny and smart and candid. And I scrolled to the bottom to see what his deal was. And you know, most people have in their bios, I'm so great this is who I am, love me. And John had something to the effect of like, I need help. I'm a plant that's outgrown its pot. <laughs> I need coaches to help me. And I was like, wow, I'm a coach. So I emailed him a complete stranger from across the country and introduced myself and told him my story. And he said, wow, you're a really great writer. Why don't you join my team? And from that moment on, John and I formed this bond, this brother-sister-like friendship. Um, we discovered that my capacity for business strategy matches his capacity for vision. And when you combine the two, Journey is now the third company that we've built together. Um, it's probably the, the, the biggest project that we've ever worked on together. And what ended up happening was it got to a point where I was working full-time um, at a university. I was completing my PhD and I was working on our startup and it just literally became physically impossible to do all three. And there was a point at which I realized if I didn't take the helm at journey, the company was going to die. And there were a lot of people that I cared about and believed in. And so I ultimately made the decision to permanently go on hiatus from my PhD um, and take the helm at journey. And that was, Two years ago. I walked away two years ago. Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot in a nutshell. Yeah, um, wow. if, I could, if I could go back for one second, because I know that there's a lot of people that think about taking a life coaching program for a number of different reasons. And I actually just wrote something where uh, it was an article called The Three, Three Unexpected Ways That Coaching Can Change Your Life. And you said when you took your first coaching program that it had changed you. Could you share a little bit more about that or in what way it did? Yeah. So, you know, probably from a um, neurobiology and neuroplasticity is, is one of the most important things that humans can learn about. Um, so we have access to far more positive emotions at any given time than we do negative emotions. But due to negativity bias, which is the evolutionary trait, in which our brains are just naturally attuned to focus on danger, we happen to see um, all of the negative things as readily accessible to us. Uh, you can actually, through optimism training, train your brain to focus on the positive. And it, it literally changes the lens through which you physically see life. Your eyes open up wider. You see more color. You see more detail. And then, you know, couple that with social construction theory, which is this concept that you're born and you have a box on your head. And that box represents what you believe that you can do with your life, right? Your family of origin, where you grew up, your educational level. The job of a coach is to take that box off of someone's head and then hold their hand while they see for the first time the expanse of the world around them. Um, and that was just like, holy shit, everyone actually has agency, me included. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super fascinated about all of those categories as well. I didn't know that you had also studied quantum physics. That's been a thing in the last year, yeah. uh, you know, cause I've taken time off and then it's like when you give yourself permission to go and learn about anything that you want to learn about in the world and quantum physics and like black holes and things like that have, have started to like pop up. And I'm like, if you told me a couple of years ago that I'd just be randomly reading about quantum physics, I would have been like, no. <laughs> so, it's such good stuff. It's I, every- I have a quick question. Um, yeah, cause that was actually my question, but Dana took it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So it happens when we're unscripted. Um, so you said you're an education junkie. What about education really inspires you and, and has caused you to, is it because you've switched majors or you've just, you just have the desire for, for more knowledge? Well, um, the desire for more knowledge, certainly I kept reaching. So I've now dropped out of five graduate programs. Um, I'm not a good graduate student. I'm a great business person, not a good graduate student. And, and I think it's because in each program, I was so excited for the learning and then I got what I needed. And then I was just kind of like, ah, you know, dissertation. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think too, um, coming from the background that I did with depression and eating disorders and an abusive marriage, um, it was protective for me to consistently throw myself into academia, which is very safe and structured. And you do this thing, you follow this path and you get this outcome. Um, The real world doesn't actually work like that. And as you guys know, I'm not a very structured person. I don't like rules and I don't like being told what to do. And so I found myself consistently at odds with the structures and systems that were supposed to be protective. Mm. Uh, Yeah. That really resonates with me right now, Noelle, because I feel the same way where it's like I'm craving some structure. I'm trying to build some of that in. And yet the minute I start to see too much structure coming on the horizon, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to sacrifice, you know, the the freedom or some of the things that I've worked really hard to have in place for myself uh, just to give up to be told what to do or the constructs of those. So, yeah, that that resonates. <laughs> I think that's a good point. You know, as, as we know, um, and our listeners probably don't know, I am, I'm re-entering the workforce now um, after a career break, my second career break. Um, but this one was much more on my own terms. And I, for the first time, you know, at my age, I'm looking at, uh, I interviewed them too, the company that I'm working for. And it might not be, you know, necessarily the industry that I was in, um, but it's it's a structured environment, which is something that I like. I need that sort of part of me to keep my creative side going, because if not, my head is just a mess sometimes. Um, but uh, work-life balance is a huge sell for this company, um, and they are based all over the world. They do a lot of uh, very cool things, and they're open to promotion and everyone has talked about that in the in in the interview process about how they they've stayed there a long time because they've been able to move around and I thought you know maybe corporate's not that bad maybe it's not if I do it on my own terms and I go into it with open eyes and I don't see it as the only thing my identity is is being a banker or a therapist or a lawyer or whatever so I thought maybe, you know, that would, we could segue into that a little bit too, Noelle, like about your identity. Where do you see yourself now? Do you see, 
yourself as a CEO, as a coach, mentor, everything? Yeah. So, I mean, I, technically I qualify as, as having a corporate existence, right? Um, the culture of our company that John and I fought really hard to maintain doesn't have hierarchy, doesn't have rules. Everyone's voice is valid. There's no one who works on our core team that, you know, gets dinged for anything. We, there's no such thing as a performance review. There's no such thing as um, you screwed up. It's all data, right? Data for how we can learn and pivot and grow. Um, we're, I'm, I, I run a startup. I actually run two companies, which is completely freaking insane. Um, so my identity has been consumed by this role. I work, I get up, I hit the ground at 7 a.m. in my pajamas with a cup of coffee and I might shut down around nine. Um, I do make time for friends and family and connection, but um, this is a really unique, intense circumstance that realistically I can't do this for more than another year. It's taking too much of a toll on me. And everybody knows it. So we're, we're running the race right now. So my identity is completely wrapped up in this commitment that I've made to doing this job and getting this company off the ground. And do you feel like, I think that's somewhat, that's an interesting point that you bring up that in the beginning, sometimes it does require that sacrifice for a few years. Like it's going to take that level of intensity and that's okay. Like that's something that you just have to kind of say, you know what, I'm okay with this, but you, you have boundaries on it that it won't be for the rest of your life. Would you say that, is that accurate? That that's kind of what it takes in startups sometimes is to, to say, you know what, I'm just going to put everything into this in the beginning. Yeah, it's a hundred percent accurate. If you don't do that, you will not be successful. It, that is a hundred percent what it requires. And so few people um, take the risk, you know, everyone in my life, thought that I was completely insane for walking away from a free PhD to take the helm at a crazy little startup in Los Angeles. I've had some of the most rewarding times of my life during this experience. I've had some of the most harrowing times of my life during this experience. It's all the things. Um, if you take the leap, it will be consuming. Um, but you have to, or at least I try really hard to remember that it's my choice whether or not I suffer or adhere to joy in this mm -hmm. context. I can, I can suffer and say, wow, everything is so hard all the time. Or I can stand in my joy and saying, I'm doing work that I love with the people that I love. And I love this company and I love my job and I want this with every fiber of my being. So I'm going to celebrate the hell out of my life, even though I'm tired. Yeah. I think, and that's kind of circling back to your why, knowing why you're doing it every day and why that's, so important to have that either that larger goal in mind or um like you said just choosing to celebrate on the on the wins i do want to circle back to sherry for a second and say kudos and congratulations to her but also Thank sherry you. you were so clear about what you wanted and you were unwilling to sacrifice any of you had like a hard set criteria of what you were looking for and i remember there were a couple of times when you were just like Ah, am I crazy? And, yeah. and you just like, you hung in there. And I think that's something worth sharing too, because oftentimes people, when they start coming, when they're looking for a new job um, and searching again, that they may compromise some, some of what 
they originally set out to do. And if you can hang in there and stay true to it, there really is any job out there that you can think of. Like you can create the job that you're that you're looking for as long as you're clear about it. And so I just wanted to say kudos to you. For- Thank you. You know, I think it's yeah. tricky. And for those of you who've been on the journey and, you know, the, the listeners will learn more about Dan and I as we, you know, keep going into episodes. But I was just as, as we've talked about earlier in this episode, you know, resistant to change a bit. You know, I, I thought, well, I, I really have created this life now where I'm peaceful. And can I go back and work for someone else and be peaceful? And then there was that light bulb moment of being a life coach and talking to clients and going, wait a minute, I need to take my own advice. I'm basically (laughs) saying that I'm allowing a company to dictate whether or not I'm happy. And yes, everybody needs to play the game. You know, when you do work in an environment where there are other people, you know, unless you live in a vacuum, you will have to (laughs) interact with people. But choose to look at it as a positive and don't wait until things get so bad that you are completely broken before you leave. You know, look at what aligns with your values and look at what aligns with your your plan. And, you know, I don't believe in a five-year plan. I I hate when you interview and people say, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, I don't, I I know where I would like to see myself in five years, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And for, uh, for other people, you know, just starting out, if you have taken a career break, I don't think you you need to necessarily feel overwhelmed by the idea that you're going to work for yourself for the rest of your life, but use that time wisely to really learn about yourself. And that's why journey has been life changing, you know, for me, it really has. And it's, it's just even seeing Noel, like, you know, you can call, I, you know, call Noel on the phone, you know, how many companies can you call Mm -hmm. the CEO and say, do you have some time to chat? Um, John Kim, same thing, you know, the, the network that we've gotten, uh, even though we're, we're not necessarily, it's, it's more of a kind of a school of thought than it is a, a company for the people training, but I've made life-changing um, relationships as well. Obviously met my co-host and business partner, Dana and the lovely Noel. So anyway, I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn it over again, but I just really wanted to say how, how grateful I am to, to the company because it has changed my life in, in such a short period of time. And I made the decision within a week of finding you on Instagram and then actually taking the leap because I just went, fuck it, do it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Yeah. And thank you. But you know, I'll, I'll add that, that our company wouldn't be what it is without the participation and the consent and the spirit of every single coach that comes on board. You know, you guys are part of the foundational crew, the first thousand people that are going to change this company. And what we're doing collectively is choosing how we want to live. And I think, you know, especially for women, that is so hard to do, to make a stand and say, I will work on my own terms. I will live on my own terms. I will exist on my own terms. And that piece is scary as hell hard to adhere to and revolutionary. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's the why right there. What, what's one of the biggest things that you've found that holds women back? Is it, is it like social cultures or what, what do you think the number one thing is? All right. So my PhD background is feminist literature. So here we go. Um, so <laughs> 
Um, so, <laughs> like one of the sad realities for women that is, is left so unexamined is that women are a colonized minority, like period. We were born, we were taught and told that our bodies had objectification, chattel-like transactional value. We have grown up, all three of us, knowing that men will make more than us, will be promoted faster than us, will have more power than us in government, in life, legally, um, mentally, emotionally, in relationships. Women give power to men. We cannot understand ourselves without seeing this lens that was not of our choosing, that was given to us, that occupies our brains, you know, like an outpost. It's there. And until you take it, identify it, begin to notice the nuances and the ways in which it impacts your functioning, um, and then start calling them out and telling them to leave the room, you know, it, it will remain in your psyche. And so then as a follow-up, would you say, what is one thing, if a woman wanted to start working on that for herself today, what is one thing that she could start doing for herself to take a step towards that new identity, I guess? That new identity. I would say, you know, you know Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, psychological existence is so very complex. I would say, okay, you know, consider yourself to be a really um, complex ecosystem. What's the one area that causes you the most psychological anguish, whether it's your body, whether it's relational, whether it's economic, whether it's legal, you know, what's the one thing that really anguishes you and start there. And then once you master that one, move on to the next. And that even looking in the mirror and admitting that is so very hard. Um, I started with eating disorders. That was where I started my journey um, into this tangle. And for me, I had to make the decision to live or not. And in order to live, I had to decide that my body could not be transactional. And to get to that point, was no small feat. I think I was halfway through my second master's degree, well into my 30s when I, when I got there. And that was a big deal with a capital B. And then everything else gets easier. It starts to shake off. So don't minimize those small internal work ever. It's so vital. Every day is a new day. To yeah, that's... <clears throat> Well, and it's important to celebrate the wins. That's something I've been working on again. I actually started using this app. I think it's called Journal 5 or something like that. And you, it gives you just reminders every morning and every night. It makes you write down three things you're grateful for. And then it also says, um, and then it makes you celebrate. Like what were three amazing things that happened to you today? Um, or that you're looking forward to today, whether you're doing the AM or the PM journaling portion of it, but it's so quick and you can do it in just a matter of a couple of minutes, but it's such a great way to just start the day with a positive and then end the day with a positive. And um, so that's a random, random throw out there, but yeah, it's just to, to celebrate those little things. Cause there's definitely been lots of things for myself right now where I'm trying to do a lot of things at one time and working on a couple of different startups, I guess, if, if you will, and it's important to just celebrate all the, 
all the little wins along the way. So, and one of the other things too, Noelle, I know you've talked about with us too, and you kind of mentioned it even before we came on was helping yourself to be focused and getting rid of some of the noise and you were getting rid of some of those apps on your phone. And I know in, in the past you've talked about technology, I call them technology timeouts, but I think you call it, um, what do you call it when it's like the three days that you detox? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yes. The technology detox. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. So let me give you the deep cut and then the practical application. So the deep cut is that our prefrontal cortex is the logic center of our brain. If you're listening at home, if you can imagine a big circle in the middle of your forehead, that is your logic center. You're a laser beam essentially shoots out of the front of your forehead and decides at any given moment what you're going to focus on. Why is that important in context? Because if you're listening right now, you probably have 25 tabs open on your computer. The television may or may not be on. Your phone is dinging with Facebook Messenger, text messenger. You may have family members or kids or clients who need you or want to talk to you. Your brain doesn't have adequate time in our digital age to intentionally employ logic in order to direct focus. So what we have happening collectively in society is our prefrontal cortex is very overtaxed and it begins to short circuit. You can repair your prefrontal cortex functioning with a digital detox and what it actually takes is three days without any technology in nature in order to get your brain back to proper functioning. Yeah. And, and I know sleep plays into that too, um, where like <clears throat> there was research that would, had been done about the blue light that you get from your phone or, or any technology or any device, it could be a computer or anything like that, um, that it will disrupt your sleep patterns because it does actually, it sucks the vitamin D out of you. So it's not even just from like the mental stimulation, it's, but it can affect your sleep as well. So I remember when you told me that and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So, so. much sense. Yeah, I actually use a blocker on my laptop. And every time I open my browser, it has my goals for the day. And it tells me how far I am into an 80-day sprint towards those goals. And I set up specific periods of time during the day where even if I want to, I can't access certain websites like Facebook um, or you know my regular news browsing. So it literally blocks me. And if I try to go to Facebook, it'll give me a pop-up that reminds me of my goals. And I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no. That's incredible. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's interesting because when I was working, you know, I would always, and as I, as I said, I'm going back to work, uh, I'd put everything in Outlook. So I constantly have ding, 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 windows. And, and now I haven't had that. So my life's been a bit like, I forget what time it is and what day it is. I think we're going to have to wrap up in a few minutes, but I just wanted to ask a final question. So if you could go back, and talk to the Noel when she was in her uh, 20s and going through all that. Sort of, sort of how uh, at the workshop you would ask us to write a letter to our future selves. Um, what would you tell her? What would be some advice you would tell her? Oh, I think I would say buckle up, first of all. <laughs> you know, Giddy it's up. about to get weird. Um, but, uh, but truly, I mean, 
it's pretty simple. You know, I would tell her you're actually smart. You know, your body belongs to you. Um, everything that's happened to you has not touched your light and you have not met your future self yet. And it's going to be really cool. Awesome. Yeah. I really like that. Well, thank you, Noelle, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. We may have to have you back again and learn more about neuroplasticity and yeah. neurobiology. All day. <laughs> I'm here for that stuff. Let me yeah. know. Yeah. We could get that super technical. Hey. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Aww. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you have a great day. And we will, we will be on again soon. Have a great one, guys. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Alrighty. Bye-bye.